Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So how was your girls' trip? It was so much fun. But you need to guess what is perhaps the most surprising thing I did while I was gone. The surprising thing you what? Did while I was gone. What sounds like a little out of character for me, oh, but like maybe. Did you go to a club? No. no. <laughs> did you go dancing? No, we definitely talked about it, but no, we didn't go dancing. What'd you do? I drove a race car. <gasps> well, go karty race car. But go- <laughs> was it a go-kart or was it a race car? <laughs> it wasn't a car, but it was a race car. Go kart. <laughs> I had to wear a helmet and it goes 40 miles an hour. A listen. <laughs> 40 miles an hour over a hairpin t- curve is Ooh. a lot. Mm-hmm. Were, so, you, were you the only one in it and you were driving? I was the only one in it. There was 11 people driving simultaneously and there was like Did an actual crash? race. I didn't crash, but two people crashed into me. Oh, rude. I was like, get your shit together. Learn to steer. <laughs> Learn to steer. No, it was kind of terrifying, honestly. I thought I would love it. And it was like, oh, I've done this now. I don't need to do this again. I don't need to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's how I would feel. I would like to do like one lap and then I'm good. I don't need to keep doing this. Yeah, we did. I like, I was a little slow. So I did five laps. Most people did like seven or eight laps, but it's fine. Part, really the main reason is because two people ragged into me and I got stuck. And so I oh, had no. to like back mm-hmm. out and like mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I had a lot of fun. It was so much talking, um, yeah. which was not helpful after a week of having lost my voice going yeah. in and then just. I'm honestly surprised it. your voice is even to this level today. Oh, well, good. I'm glad. I just said nothing last night. Uh Uh You just participated spiritually. (laughs) How was your Oklahoma short trip? Oh my gosh, it was good. I drove down for my friend's birthday. 
I feel like we did all of the things in a short amount of time. We went and saw, we went and had a really great dinner. And then we went and saw Hairspray musical, which was great. I'm not like the biggest musical fan. There are musicals I love and I will watch over and over and over again. But just because I love them doesn't mean I love all musicals. Like I'm not that person. And so it was good. It wasn't my favorite. The message is really great. The costumes were really great. The talent was next level. So I could appreciate all of it. Sure. And it wasn't like cheesy, like a lot of the reasons why I don't like most musicals. So I think I think I would have loved it, but I get, I know. I think you would have loved it. Yes. I think you would have loved it. The message was great. The story was great. All of that good stuff. And the company was great. So you don't need anything else. And then we did some tailgating and then we got ready for a birthday party. So I was going down there. uh, A couple of friends of mine were doing a joint birthday party and it was just at my friend's house. And it was a dinosaur and puppy themed birthday party. So that part was fun. So we did decorations and we ended up just having a multiple hour long dance party in her house because it started storming outside. So we couldn't be outside anymore. It was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. And so we just like did song battles and danced. And I am still so sore, so sore. (laughs) So that happened. But yeah, I woke up the next day and like couldn't hardly move my hips and then had to drive five hours. So Uh, uh. that part was miserable. But on the way home, I stopped at Starbucks and I got a new beverage for the, it was new to me. What's the new beverage? So good. Okay. So I'm not a huge pumpkin spice latte fan No, because I'm not a huge pumpkin fan. And that one is really sweet. It's really thick. Like they have changed it. P.S. Okay. I love spice. And so that, if it is spicier. From what I understand, they went from basically like a flavoring to using actual pumpkin. Okay. I will try it again. I will give it another chance. I don't judge you for loving it. I love if you love it. I want you to have it every day of your life if you want it. I'm so happy for you. It's just not my vibe. However, I love holiday drinks and I love spice. Oh, yeah, totally. praline, oh, unbeatable. I love it. So I was like, okay, how can I integrate like a little bit of pumpkin spice flavor into my drink? So what I ordered based off a recommendation from TikTok was a brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso, which is my favorite drink right now, but I got it with pumpkin cold foam on top. Oh, okay. It was so good because the brown sugar is phenomenal. Shaken espresso is phenomenal. A little subtle cold pumpkin foam, phenomenal. So if you want just like subtle pumpkin, I highly recommend just adding the foam to whatever ice drink you're getting. I think that's just a testament to the, like how they changed it this year from at least from what I understand, but I'm well, not, I will try a full I'm, on latte and I'm not, at a, know. I'm not at Starbucks corporate to know for sure the, <laughs> the mix things, but I will say I have to tell you one more thing about my trip because I just yeah. am a child and it really felt if I could describe it, it was like, if Making a hat were a Build-A-Bear. Oh, I saw your stories of this place. It yes. was so cute. Like it, did, it wasn't. It wasn't childish at all. Right, right, right. It was a like high end, not, not super high end, but like medium high end boutique. Like they had clothes and like very like southern like 
cute. Like I would have pretty much worn anything in this store. Minus there was like a couple jackets that like I would have to have a themed party to go to because I don't live in Texas. But they had this hat bar and it was, I should have taken a picture of the actual hat bar itself because they had feathers and like vintage matchbooks and leather straps and like, I don't know what else to call it other than like bling and jewelry for a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Embellishments. Embellishments, all sorts of things. Now there was some stuff that I was like, clearly I don't know enough about like what's stylish in this region because I think putting your initials on it must be a thing or something. Oh, but I I feel like that's a very, it's interesting to see in Texas because it's a very Southern thing to have everything monogrammed, but not necessarily Texas. Right. So it had, there was like charms and stuff that you could get letters, but the charms and letters that was like everywhere. Like there was like, you could get earrings with the letter K on them or whatever. Like I was just like a bit surprised by that, but this hat bar was so cute. It's called flea style. So if you're ever in Texas, highly recommend they have multiple locations, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself and I will definitely be wearing my hat. I'm disappointed to not see it on your head this morning. (laughs) I don't know why it wouldn't have made sense for my meetings, but I, it's definitely something I could wear on a weekend to the farmer's market. Yeah. You rock a good hat. I'm just a ball cap hat person. I don't do other hats. Yeah. I got two hats on the strip. One's like a cream with like, uh, had like pink and like tan accents and some feathers and things. And then the other one is just like a black felt wide rim hat with like a brown belt thing on it. It's so cute. Oh. But anyway, well, I can't wait to see you rock them. <laughs> I will. Yes. <laughs> All right. I want to go ahead and dive in today. We have been, yo, Abby has been chatting <laughs> with all of the clients, all of the prospects. And we just wanted to kind of pick apart some of the things that we've been testing and learning over the past year, honestly, and just have the chat of pros and cons of different aspects of the selling and pitching and proposal process and a couple of changes we've implemented and done and what might make sense for you depending on your actual situation. I think that I know that because I know our clients that we like to think that, you know, whatever worked for us once or last year or with these kind of clients, that that's the exact same regimen that's going to work literally forever. And if you haven't gotten our message in your inbox or on social, the thing that we're like, absolutely encouraging business owners to do right now is to be flexible and to be adaptable to the needs of the people that you're talking to. And there is a way for you to create a structured, predictable, plug and play templated approach while allowing yourself for customization with every client. Also in the sense of how are you actually presenting or delivering the information And so if you've felt like your little process needs a little sprucing up, maybe we can help today. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to think that selling is the same as it was, you know, forever, seven years ago, 10 years ago. And 
you know, I like to think that a lot of the way we do business is really old school and that we're incorporating a lot of standard business practices that have been in place long before Emily and I started our own business. And, you know, so much of this is based on prioritizing relationships over traditional or not traditional, trendy marketing uh, tactics. And so my approach to sales in a lot of ways is super relationship focused. But the thing that's changed in the last couple of years is with the trend of people wanting to move faster through the sales process, it's been really imperative that more parts of the process be streamlined and digital and virtual. And that allows them to move from interested to a paying contracted client in a quicker amount of time. You know, some things that used to take months of a consideration phase, people aren't even reaching out until they're ready to really dive in and compare potential providers. They're ready to make a buying decision. They're not just exploring. They already did all their exploring by the time they're reaching out. And so, and this is, we just talked about this in a training where the better Google search gets and SEO gets in general, the more equipped the average consumer is going to be in their research phase. So that's why this is changing. So five, 10, 15 years ago, when you Googled a phrase, like you got less results and you got less quality results than you do today. And you had to have more conversations to even see if they were a potential fit. And that's just not the case right now. And it's going to continue to improve as the years go on, especially next year as GA4 releases, the user experience of their own private on their own time research is just so much better than it ever has been. So where you step in is a completely different place than what you maybe have been used to. Right. And so if they're stepping in and they're simply looking at their final set of options, they've probably narrowed it to max five, more often than not two to three potential providers, or some have already even decided They're planning to move forward with you and they just really want to understand the logistics and ask you questions. And so we have been working behind the scenes on our own one-to-one studio client work. And I wanted to test some variations on our sales process. So seven years ago, when Emily and I were in the trenches with selling one-to-one, I would take potential clients to coffee and I would literally have a conversation. Now I would back this up by bringing a physical form of my contract that they could sign in person and request a check. And and often they would sign a contract in person and write a deposit in the same visit well, and now, this is a strategy we started teaching like five, six years ago that blew y'all's minds of like, no, we were landing paying clients in quote unquote, the discovery call, the discovery phase, because we took the assumption that we were going to land them and we acted accordingly. Yeah. And so it's just shifting that 
headspace into a yeah. Well, and I would typically have before the pitch meeting, I would have a discovery call on the phone for like ten or fifteen minutes and set up the in person meeting, and then in that meeting, assume that they're going to move forward. And now things have shifted slightly. I still do a quote unquote discovery call, but that is it's very focused on getting to understand what the potential client is looking for, making sure I have a clear understanding of their needs. And for us specifically, and this may not be true for all of you, but for us specifically, we have a variety of things we can do. And so for us, it's more of a narrowing down of what are they the most interested in? Where do they have the biggest need? And what direction do we want to go in? It's less about understanding the logistics of like, I need to know the answer to this question so I can plug and play it in my sales process. It's more of, okay, they're interested in five services. How can I identify the one that's going to get them the most traction and the one they're going to be the most interested in moving forward with? But by the time we get to the sales meeting, which PS, I debated for weeks. I'm like, what do I call the thing? Because normally when you go from a discovery call to an in-person meeting, you don't need to call it anything. You're literally just going to coffee. Yep. We're just going to grab coffee and meet up. (laughs) (laughs) But when it's all online, I felt the need to like put a label on it because it's literally showing up on people's calendars. Like I'm physically having an invite go out. And so I want it to say something. So I've, at least for now, I may change it up, but I've decided on discovery and then opportunity. And I don't call them calls because they're both on Zoom. So it's just discovery and opportunity. And I feel like that gives them a better understanding of what they're in for. And there's not yeah. a question. They of, need to know too, we're not just chatting. I'm going to walk you through your opportunities here. Right, exactly. Here's how we could move forward. But I've started doing my process has been pretty much entirely utilizing a pitch deck. But I want to talk today specifically about like, what's the difference between a pitch deck and a proposal? And how can you use them differently? And why would you use one over the other? But short and spoiler alert, I really think both are necessary, but they serve very different purposes. And I think a lot of people are probably confused about that. Yeah. Well, and I will say, I think if you are not getting responses from your proposal, like it's going days or weeks without you closing the deal, I highly encourage you to try, at least try once, either creating the pitch deck and or walking your client through the proposal on that opportunity call. I think more than anything, like you don't need to change your whole process. You don't need to like create something new for them to see how you can work with them in a completely different way. They need to be like actually handheld through that part of the process. And I think that could be the biggest game changer in the results that you're actually getting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see when we're talking to our own clients, the biggest mistake I see in people's sales process is they're typically, they are having some kind of discovery call, but they're either immediately pitching their services when they've literally been talking for less than five minutes to someone, which is kind of crazy. Or they are taking that and saying, oh, great, I'll put together a proposal and they're sending it your way. Yeah. They're sending a proposal via email, but there's no sort of follow-up. 
And so instead, I really suggest you switch from having that discovery call, but saying, hey, I want to walk you through how we could move forward, what your options look like. Let's schedule this next call and try to schedule it within two business days is the most ideal. I've scheduled it up to a week later, kind of depending on my personal schedule. And the size of the project, sometimes you need a little bit more time to put it together. Right, exactly. Especially if it's going to be some sort of custom pitch. Yeah. Give yourself a little more bandwidth to do a good job. Because even though you're not getting paid for putting this together, trust me, the practice is well worth it. Uh And you do one of these, if you get turn around and get someone in a similar situation, it's so much easier to rinse and repeat all that. Well, and if you're pricing appropriately, the client before paid for your time to do this for this client. And then when they book, they're going to pay for the next client. That's like literally how it works. If you're pricing appropriately and getting paid for not just the time you're working on deliverables, but that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other episode, Emily. <laughs> a whole other episode. Just a little Easter egg for you. <laughs> yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, let's, I want you to break down like design wise, like literally logistically, what are the differences between a proposal and a presentation? Yeah, a proposal and the presentation. So I, if we're talking about a pitch deck or a presentation, I'm specifically talking about slides. So I'm talking about if you're presenting and selling virtually on a Zoom call or the equivalent of a Zoom call, I think it really elevates the conversation when you can back up what you're saying with a pitch deck that complements the conversation you want to walk through. Not something for you to read off verbatim. No. Compliments. Compliments. (laughs) One, it really, if you're at all nervous, it's going to really keep you on track for where the conversation is going and what you need to say next. But it also is going to come off incredibly professional. The crazy thing to me is every single potential client I've done this with has never been through this process before. I'm just blown away. They haven't had the opportunity to sit through a presentation like this. And more often than not, they're so surprised and delighted. Many, because I mean, our primary potential client are also service providers. And they're like, it was so incredible watching your sales process. I want to actually Uh implement some of these things in my own sales process now. Well, to go back to a point you said earlier of like, if you're at all nervous, this guides your conversation. When I was recommending to a client of ours to implement this process like earlier this year, because I was like, why are you not walking through via video, like your the actual pitch for your thing? And they're like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, not used to doing it. Couldn't do it. That doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, you'll only get more confident the more people that say yes. And you need people to say yes faster. And the way to do that is by this. But the biggest trick that helped her is literally when you're screen sharing, your video gets really small like really small and typically like it defaults to full screen on their side. And if they don't change that, and if they don't change the size of the videos on, on zoom, the biggest thing they're focusing on are your slides and your presentation and your face is just over there in the corner, like affirming and talking to them in a really casual, but cool way. And so quite literally just the thought of her face being significantly smaller than the screen helped her so much. Cause you're not just like staring at the person and like talking about your services and then the price. And like, there's nothing to just like default look at literally that alone could help the process. Yeah. And the funny thing is these pitch decks, 
I wouldn't say funny, but like just to give you an idea of how variety, uh, like how different these things could be. We've had pitch decks as small as five slides and we've had pitch decks as large as like 45 slides. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely depends on the size and depth of your project and like how much additional education versus just like walking them through what you're talking about. But the structure is relatively the same for all of them. In a pitch deck, I think it's imperative that you immediately talk about the plan. And the plan should very quickly ease any sort of doubt they may have and that you understood what they said they wanted. So you're just reiterating, here's my plan to tackle what you said. Based on what you said. (laughs) Based on what you said. And then you talk about the goal and the goal should be focused on the results that you're going to provide them. Sometimes that's going to just be taking things off of their plate and that is totally fine. But if you're taking things off their plate, what is that going to allow them time to do? Mm -hmm. If you're providing a more specific service that's meant to get some kind of ROI or provide some sort of forward motion in a certain area, this is where you could make potential promises or guarantees. I'm not even saying you have to make a guarantee, but this would be. But what, and you can think of the framework as like the plan being, I'm repeating back what you said. So we make sure we're on the same page and the goal being we're going to achieve blank. So that blank. And it's that you've seen that method, that formula. We've talked about that before too. When you're writing copy, when you're like, what is the thing we're going to do? And because of that, here are the results that your business is going to have, or it's what it's going to enable you to be able to do. So you can think about the literal goal as that structure. Yeah. The next piece would be reiterating why you're the person for the job. So why are you the expert? Why is your team the set of experts? Like, what about your background sets you up for success? And, you know, I've had conversations with a potential client and discussed, you know, okay, they're comparing multiple web designers. All right, great. But do I have a unique perspective on their industry that no other web designer is going to have? Right. This would be the time to bring it up. This would be the time to bring it up and really talk about why your team is best suited or yourself is best suited for the job. Yeah, Um, I encourage this slide to be like 98% done and then like one to two sentences that are worded specifically tying to this potential client. Like your experience in this industry or past career sets you up to be the perfect person for them because X, Y, Z, or you have a team member that's certified in this, which makes it perfect for them because here's why. Yeah. And for us, this slide doesn't change. Like this slide is the same for every single potential client. The only thing I'm changing is my words that complement it. So I'm saying out loud why we're set up for success specifically for this project, specifically for this client. But if you feel more comfortable by adding that switch, the one to two sentences on the specific slide, great. Now we go back. (laughs) I know it sounds weird to repeat yourself, but you just got to keep doing it. You want to talk about what you plan to create. Let's create and why, like in a single sentence that like really elevates the conversation you're about to have and then say what it's not. This means not just da 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 da, but 
da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And this really helps you differentiate yourself from other things they may be thinking or other things they're already doing. So if they're doing something decent, but you're like, you're only doing it 20% of the way, like we can make it better hundred percent of the way. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So you may point out what they're doing well, but your point is that you want to talk about the ways it can be improved and then specifically put a sentence about what you plan to do will be your, or we will implement, or we will design, we will create. Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) We will manage. (laughs) Yes. Talk about the specific deliverables from like an overarching sense. This is not about breaking down the bullet points of everything that's included yet. It's just, what are they actually hiring you for? Instead of talking about the plan of where they're going or what it's doing for them, this is literally what are you doing so that you're clear on how you're setting them up for success. Now, depending on the variety of the project, you may need educational content before you get into what's included. But if the education has sort of already been done, or you've set them up for success in other areas, and you don't necessarily need that, you could potentially skip it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't say those kinds of things while you're walking through what's included. But if you feel like you need to get them on the same page as you and like really talk about why the kind of project you do is valuable, this is where you can bring in stats, facts. Yeah. Um, survey and you don't results. have to go super heavy on this. Like, remember, they came to you because they were interested in this. And so, like, you don't have to educate from the cusp, but it's just further proof that, like, this is a problem. And here are the opportunities that, like, stats back me up on. And that's why I'm excited to work with you. Yeah. And this is a great option if you're not yet to the point where you have previous client work to talk right. about as a testimonial. Yeah, You can use, use the results of that thing in general as your case study. Right, exactly. So it's sort of case study-esque style education of what happens when you invest in this area. What are the potential results going to look like? You can talk about it from an industry-wide sense, the type of service you're talking about, or like, why do businesses in general invest in this? Why do consumers in general invest in this? This is where you get into some of the psychology. This is the thing that makes them go from, I'm interested to, oh, I really need to be paying attention to this. This is why it's urgent now. Yeah, yeah. Now, after the education, you get into the what's inside. And this is where you need to break down the scope of your project. And to me, it's really imperative that you're clear from the beginning because the scope you define in a pitch, in my opinion, should be the exact same scope you include in their contract. Yeah, I don't even think in your opinion, it's (laughs) non-negotiable. You're only opening up the space for miscommunication yeah. and break, like breaching scope boundaries if you don't keep this consistent. Because when it's consistent, when they go to sign the contract, there's no questions that pop back up. If you add things or change things or reword things, when they get to the contract, they may be confused and come back to you. We want to prevent potential confusion. And so I think it's really important that you nail down what are you doing? And 
Now, I still think it's important that you talk about why and, and talk about what does this do or what does this set you up for. This is where you really talk back and utilize the language they've already said back to you. Right. But that's not necessarily included on the slide. The actual slide itself is the scope of the project. Here's the list of everything that's included and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Now, depending on how big the project is, it may be important that you also set up the length of support. Like how long are you including support around this area, this topic, and what are your communication boundaries that are included in that. I'm not saying you can't have additional communication boundaries set up in an onboarding thing, but if there's something where you're potentially concerned that they're going to be all up in your lady business all the time, <laughs> then this is where you can get clear from the beginning. So there, there's just no question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the reason why we've been relying on pitch decks versus just proposals for clients lately is because our project pitches have been pretty big and they haven't been super clear in the sense of like, I'm coming to you for this exact thing. How much would that cost? Some of you, that might be what you offer and a proposal still is the way to go. I would encourage you to integrate a, a video walkthrough on that with them, a live walkthrough. But if you're presenting either options or phases or here's what this could look like, this right here gives you the opportunity to do that. We've had pitches, pitch decks where like this bulleted slide, there are multiple slides of these that are like option one or phase one, two, three, and four. And here's what would be included in each. And so it could be everything from one slide to multiple slides. Yeah. I mean, you could go on. I mean, the education and what's inside could go on for a lot of it. Now, the next piece is specifically talking about the process. And if you're feeling a little lazy, you can talk more about what will be accomplished when you finish this stage. So we've kind of been combining the process with what will the process do for you when we finish this part of it, what will open up for you? When you complete this, what is possible for you? And we've kind of enveloped that all in one. For some of you, it may make more sense to have a clear, and we did this in a different pitch. It just depends on like how in depth you're going. On one of them, it was like literally a timeline. And it was like, yeah, specific months, specific days. Here's how we'll move through this long project that goes over you know, six to nine months or whatever. For those of you that have a bit more straightforward process, maybe it's the same from client to client. And, you know, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you might talk through, okay, once you sign your contract and pay your deposit, we're going to have a kickoff call and then we're going to do this. And here's what you can expect to be happening next. And you're talking as if they've already paid you. You're talking as if they've already said yes. You're moving through okay, what happens after we wrap all of this stuff up? I would just say the easy button version is kind of including the process with the potential results of that. Now, if you don't have those kind of integrated together, then I would, after you have the process, go back and reiterate, what is this going to open up for them? And, you know, when we're talking about that, the plan and the goal the goal being, what is it going to open up for them? This is a more detailed view of that. You might have three or four 
or maybe even five main points of the kinds of things that it will get into versus the goal initially was like a one to two sentence thing. This is really expanding upon that in a bigger way. And you're talking about it right before you get into the price for a very specific reason, because the whole goal before you get into price anytime is you want them saying yes multiple times. So yes, I want this. Yes, I'm excited about this. Yes, that's my goal. (laughs) Yes, that's what I want. Yes, this is what I'm moving forward. And so if you can kind of get them nodding along for, yes, you're saying everything I want, everything I want. If you do that right before you say the price, there's so much less mental hesitation. You're overcoming so many hurdles by including that. Then we get into the investment. Now, Depending on how this is laid out, I will sometimes reiterate all the bullets. Like I'll take this scope slide, literally add it back to the section. Back up that price. (laughs) And then put the price right under it. If it was like 75 slides long of scope, I may try to get it all in condensed in one place as much as possible and then say the price. Now, if it was a very basic like three to five bullet point max thing and it was already really clear on what you're doing, you can just say your investment is and leave the price. But if there's any question at all on the scope is, I like to reiterate the scope with the price at the same time. If you're going to be letting them break this up into payments, you need to say that on this slide too. Like it's this much total broken down into two payments of what monthly payments, bi-weekly payments, quarterly payments, what are they? Like be specific. If there's a contract length, this is where you would include that. If it's X amount of dollars per month with a six month minimum, you need to say that. If it goes month to month after that, you need to say that. If it's a set project price and then they have options to add ongoing support after the fact, about this that. is where you add that. <laughs> this is like you're laying out logistics for dollar bills and it's important that you're clear And, you know, depending on the person, you know, for the most part, I've just been including number of payments and the price of the payment. But if if it's a really long project, you may include the total investment of blank over X payments of blank, just so there's no question on what the total is and how they're paying. Because what you don't want any confusion on is like, oh, well, I could cancel halfway through and I don't owe that amount. That's not how this works. No. (laughs) But when you're presenting it, this is like a matter of fact thing. Everything we've talked about for everything I've said today, your investment is blank. And then you shut the F up. (laughs) Shut it. You can stay on the site for like a couple seconds, but we always like to have a like one to two slides after the investment one. So we can like, we're going to establish it and then move off of it so they can process. We can be here for questions. And then oftentimes like they're like, okay, go back to the scope page. Let's break apart that. Go back to the investment page. Let's talk about that. So like you can go back, but like finish your presentation yeah. <laughs> get through it. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm all about the like, say it and then shut up. But if you're feeling like you need to fill some air gaps, 
totally cool. Say it, give them a second, take a drink of your water, take a drink of your coffee, whatever. And then we have two slides. One is about why are we excited to partner with them at this phase? Like, why do we want to support them? What are we excited about? Again, like, can we reiterate some of the what it's easing up for them? Yeah. Or what is it allowing them? And Um, assume the closed language. Yeah, but really get into the, we want to do this project. Yeah. Like, we want to work with you. And then let's get started. One that's talking a bit more about, okay, now that you've seen this, here's kind of the next phase of like, does the price expire on a certain timeline? Do you have any sort of specific terms they need to be aware of? Are you already booked for X month and you need to get them to sign by X date to get their slot in by X date? Great. Now that would be where you kind of say that. But usually by the time you get to this slide, you're backing up in some way because some they have a question. And instead of you just like lingering on this slide that doesn't really have a lot of information, I always go back to the scope page, almost always. And linger there. And linger there and have the scope visible. And sometimes I'll leave it where it's the scope plus the price, just so there's like no question. I'm not embarrassed by the price. I see it. You see it. Everyone's aware. We all see it. (laughs) Yep. We don't need to hide it. We're not avoiding it. But that's a great opportunity to really answer their questions. Yep. Yep. And what this does is really gives your potential client the chance to ask questions immediately, hear your tone and explanation of the project, the scope, the price, the timeline, the goals, the strategy, all of that. So everyone can be on the same page. I want you to start to think about This being worth your time to do because of the literal days and weeks of back and forth communication you're preventing. And that's great for you and your bottom line and for your potential client and the results that they're seeing. So in part two, we're going to cover how all of this can be condensed down into a one page proposal that you send and walk through with your clients and the differences between that versus the bulkier presentation that we just walked you through. But both of these are really incredible options and I can't wait to see which one y'all go with for your business so you can be landing some clients faster and get that creative process started so you can just make big impacts and achieving big results for your dreamy clients. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free.
Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.